It's time for a Big Blue Kickoff Live. Nobody could ever tell you that you couldn't do it because you did. On Giants.com. You know what I saw? New York Giant Prime. And the Giants Mobile app. We'll punch you in the nose for 60 minutes with a relentless competitive attitude. Part of the Giants Podcast Network. Let's go out there like a bunch of crazy dogs. Have some fun. Welcome to Big Blue Kickoff Live. It is the Thursday edition presented by New York Lottery. Thanks for being with us. Paul Dottino and Super Bowl champion punter Jeff Fiegel's with you. Our phone number is 973-667-1960. 973-667-1960. You can also go to Twitter at hashtag GiantsChat. And you can find an archive of this show and our entire podcast network brought to you by Investors Bank on the Giants mobile app. Podcast platforms everywhere at Giants.com slash podcasts. I am at Giants WFAN. He is at Jay Fiegels. If you're a little shy, Jeff, I know you're not shy, nor am I, as the Giants made the right decisions <laughs> this past uh, week. Uh, John Mara indicating that Dave Gettleman is back. He's very happy with Joe Judge. He's happy with Daniel Jones. Giants look like they're going in the right direction. Didn't mention our name, did he? Was he happy with us? I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> I should have called in and say, hey, Mr. Mara, Mr. Gettleman, are you okay with the Tino and Fiegels? Are they doing okay? Schmelk, all those guys? The answer is no, by the way. Yeah, oh, yeah, no answer is no. Okay. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, I guess, you know, the takeaway from that conference yesterday was that things are uh, pointing forward. I don't think anybody, Paul, is happy with six and ten. Right. Um, I think there was probably a lot of people that thought the Giants were talking that they were ten and six from that press conference. But the fact of the matter is, in my opinion, that things are pointing forward. Uh, they're happy about the personnel. They're happy about things that are, you know, the way things are going. Especially to me, what I got out of that was that the organization is happy that they have a coach, a coach that now can set the foundation and has set the foundation for the the future going forward. Yeah, I don't think there's any question about that. The praise that was given to Joe Judge mm-hmm. by both Dave Gettleman and John Mara was effusive. And, and to be honest, Jeff, I mean, we've heard it from the very get-go when he first got into the building and we were still around a little bit before the whole pandemic protocol rules kicked in. Uh, there wasn't a soul in that building who was not overly impressed with what he was going to try mm-hmm. to do. Yeah, because, you know, nobody really knew of Joe Judge. I mean, other than him being the special teams coach up in New England. But, you know, the minute that he stepped foot in the building, and it actually wasn't even in the building, it was over in the stadium. Remember his press conference? I think that was the start of everything. People were like, whoa, we were there. We -hmm. saw it. We heard it. Um, You know, and just away from the beginning, how he he really, you know, what surprised me that day was, if you remember this, Paul, he, he went out of his way to say hello to the alumni that was there. Um, and really, you know, congratulating us on, you know, our careers and, and being happy to be a part of the giant organization and the history of this organization. And, you know, you look from that point on, everybody started to be like, wow, this guy is impressive. And then just some of the things he did from the beginning, you know, and, and once training camp started and now some of the things that he did during the season and how he really brought this locker room back to where people can respect him and the guys in the locker room respect each other. And I think that's a huge thing. You know, culture building is not easy and it's not something that everybody is able to do as we know. And it just didn't happen with the previous uh, coaches that were here. They failed at that. And and I think that this is a complete success going forward. And now the giants got to get it right because I think the bar now has been set pretty high for next season. 
the two things that were said by John Mara in regards to Joe Judge, he gets the big picture and also his attention to detail. John Mara and Dave Gettleman being on the same page with this and also the fact that Gettleman and Judge work so well in unison together. Uh, another big reason for why things are going to continue down this path. Now, I did think there were a couple of things that I know the the writers did write about today. One was a comment that John Mara made about Saquon Barkley, understanding that he is such an important part of not only the team on the field, but this franchise said he expects that Barkley will be here for a long time. Well, that would indicate to me there must be a lot of optimism based on his rehab coming off of major knee surgery. Now, we know he's been in the building every day. Uh, Shortly after the surgery, he came back to New Jersey. Joe Judge told us he has been working out diligently on a daily basis at the facility. So we do know that much, but my goodness, that's certainly a big part of the Giants' resurgence if Barkley can be Barkley again. Sure. I mean, it was going to be a part of their resurgence this year. And then uh, after that second game, and, you know, things happened, but... I also would pay attention, Paul, to a couple things that John Mara have, was asked about that I have that I think that has um, has some bearing on this situation, and that is, you know, the salary cap. And even even Dave Gettleman had mentioned, you know, we don't know what the salary cap's going to be, and there's a lot that's going to have to be pointed out here soon about this because you know you can't. There's not all the money in the world to spend on a lot of people. Um, and he also coached, and and John Mara had mentioned that. This league is a year-to-year league, right? So, you know, as far as we all want Saquon Barkley to be around here for a long, long time, but, you know, it's economically, is it feasible? Because you look at some of the numbers that are coming out of some of the running backs and what the Ezekiel Elliott, for example, what he got per year and things like that. So there's a lot still left there, but I think the big thing is that he is progressing and he is going to be a part of this team in 2021. That's the good thing. And, of course, they always could tag him down the road and keep him mm-hmm. through 22 if they need to as well. Sure. Understanding, we do not know what the salary cap is. Dave Gettleman said, you know, they've heard different things, that it could be about 175, but we just don't know. And that is going to complicate things, but they have to move forward and try to make some of their plans. We know that the fran- fran- uh, franchise and transition tags are going to be from February 23rd to March 9th. We know that on March 15th, the legal tampering period opens for 48 hours. (laughs) On March 17th, deals can be made with your unrestricted free agents. And the offer deadline for restricted free agents is April 23rd. And then the original teams would have five days to match those offers. So that's a bit of a calendar primer for free agency as the Giants approach this spring before getting to the draft. We have no information about the combine. Uh, even even Dave Gettleman admitted that they don't know exactly how that's going to shake out. We do believe that there's going to be a senior bowl, which will in all likelihood be the only all-star game that, uh, that you'll see the prospects involved in. So it's going to be quite a chore for all of these personnel departments to look at the limited tape that has been available this fall of these college prospects. And then, of course, having to dig into the previous season to find all the guys who opted out who may have been on your radar. And now you've also got to wonder, well, what are these guys like? They've missed a whole year because they opted out. What kind of shape are they in? What's their mentality? Uh, Have they stayed out of trouble? 
you know, how much maturing did they not have by being around a team and a locker room and a coaching staff? Jeff, uh, there are going to be, and let me just say this now, and this has nothing to do with excuses for anybody or, or trying to uh, build in the fact that, you know, some teams are going to have trouble. It's just natural. Given this particular calendar year, I think you're going to see a lot of misses in the draft. Yeah, there's always a lot of misses in the draft. More so now. this year. Your percentages <laughs> you know? are going to go down because it's there's less and less known about these prospects than ever before. Yeah, and I, I think that you're going to have to rely on some old tape and old analysis and you know, really going to kind of get the opinions of a lot of different people because if those guys that the, the guys that have opted out and and even some of the guys that just played limited football games. I mean, you look at Ohio State, uh, you know, college prospects, and these guys, they didn't play a full schedule. Um, so, you know, but I think the bottom line is is that you just do the best you can. You put faith in your scouting department, and you put faith in the way that they do that, and you got to stick with it. But we're in different times right now, Paul. Like you said, this, this, this COVID era has a trickle-down effect in every aspect of the game starting from top to bottom, scouting, you know, medical and everything. It has an effect on it. So, yeah, I agree with you. There's going to be a lot of, a lot of strange ways to evaluate this season. And, you know, you don't know about the combine. I mean, they had it a little bit last year was a little bit restricted. And now I, who knows about what's going to happen this year. And if they don't have one, then I think those, uh, you know, the school workouts are going to be the big ones. And those are the ones you're going to have to put most credence in. The other thing that we got out of yesterday's pressures with Mara and Gettleman were that uh, it's obvious the Giants need to improve their offense and they want to go get some playmakers. Uh, that's clear. We all knew it ahead of time going in. Heard that on our show before. And we know it now. And so when you say playmakers, now here's the interesting part, Jeff. Playmakers can be anybody. Now we know they're all in unison on the quarterback. They're moving forward with Daniel Jones as the guy. That's fine. We know that they believe that Saquon Barkley's going to rebound and he'll be the guy in the back in the backfield. Okay, what we don't know is what do they think about Evan Ingram's inconsistencies and is that one of the areas that they're going to consider when they say playmaker, or are they strictly going to concentrate on the wide receiver room? Well, I think combined, I, first of all, we've talked about Evan Ingram before and the financials about him being on his rookie contract and then, you know, picking up that option. He's a he's a affordable option. He just has to play better. Uh, we know we can, we can talk until we're blue in the face about his talent. We know he has the talent. But what's missing is the consistency, right? So who knows what will happen with, with Evan Ingram. Um, but no crystal ball here, but in my opinion, he will be back and he's going to have to prove himself. But that doesn't mean you don't have to – again, we're talking about salary cap stuff. Is that a dire need? When you look behind Evan Ingram, who do you got? Well, you got Caden Smith, who's an up-and-coming up guy, but he's not hes not that, not that typical tight end position that you like to play, a hybrid guy, if you will, in the, in the NFL. So then you look at the wide receiver position. So I think those are the, the areas where you would target the playmaker. And, you know, I know John and I have talked about this on, on the show before. You know, do you go the draft or do you go the free agent route? I mean, there's a lot of really good receivers out there in free agency, but how much money are you going to have to pay these guys? So in a deep draft with this year with receivers, you can pre- get a pretty good 
pretty good bargain in this first and second and third round at receivers that could be playmakers. I mean, look and at some of the playmakers that came out in the draft last year that weren't first-rounders. Mm -hmm. Chase Claypool, I mean, that's a guy that's a playmaker. No, no, don't remind me about him. <laughs> Do not remind me about him. John knows he was with me out at the Combine, and I was drooling over Chase Claypool. And Claypool, said, if there's man, any Claypool, way man. the Giants could get yeah. Claypool, mm -hmm. that's I got to have this guy. But I never thought he would go as high as he did either. I was hoping he'd be a, a third or fourth, and, and because of his great Combine numbers, he winds up going so high in the second. Mm -hmm. But, you know, and now the Giants will be picking 11th in that second round. And, you know, so there's value there. You know that, especially in a, in a year where you don't know if you're going to have that much money to spend. Then you need to go out and find yourself a good playmaker with a draft pick that's not going to cost you a lot of money. You know, so and build through the draft, build through the draft, build through the draft. <laughs> Just as a matter of, of statistical uh, fact, there were eight rookie wide receivers this year that, caught over 50 passes and registered more than 600 receiving yards. Just as a matter of fact, eight. there were eight of them. Mm -hmm. Eight of yeah. them. Jefferson, Lamb, Higgins, Claypool, Mooney, Ayuk, Chenault, and Judy. And then you got the second level of guys who went between 30 and 50 catches, Pittman, Davis, Rigor, and Hamler. And the funny part about it is <laughs> Henry Ruggs, one of the big names going into the draft. Oh, he only started 12 games and 26 catches for 452. Denzel Mims of the Jets was hurt. Eight games started, 23 catches for 357. You know, so there were some names who were very high on people's lists who did not necessarily have the great production. But the truth is it was an outstanding wide receiver class, as was expected. Yep. And there's just like any other position, there's guys that are going to do well when you didn't think they would and there's guys that you think that would do better that didn't do as good and so that's just the the non-perfect science of the draft but when it comes down to the giants and what they're looking for in playmakers i i think that offensively it's a wide receiver position somebody that can you know stretch the field would go up and make some plays and and turn you know big plays need big plays and some playmakers to change some games around and get the let daniel jones get the ball into some playmakers hands and let him make some plays one of them will be Saquon coming back. You know he's going to be good. And so that's a big a big plus for this offense going forward. Big Blue Kickoff Live is brought to you by the New York Lottery. Introducing Money Dots, a new game from the New York Lottery where you can play for your chance to win money on the dot. Please play responsibly. And Giants fans, you can get a New York Giants checking account from Investors Bank with a Giants-branded debit card, security features, and discounts at the Giants online shop. You can earn up to $250 when you open an account at InvestorsBank.com slash Giants. Member FDIC. Our first call is Ralph in Florida, and you'll be opening the program on BBKL. Hello. Hi, Ralph. Hey, hey guys. Happy New Year to both you guys. I didn't get to say Happy New Year to John. Me too. All right, so um, the question I get is these fans, you know, when they call in and talking about they wanted to get them out, they wanted to get them out, they hate losing. So what do they think if we get a new GM? What do you think is going to be the process? That he's going to come in and grab a miracle wand and draft a miracle player, and all of a sudden we win 11 and 12 games? I mean, this is, this is where the ridiculousness of fans really gets you upset. I'm a Giants fan since 76. I know the struggles of being, being losing games. And struggling, but at the end of the day, I'm a realist. Gettleman, Dave Gettleman, is doing the best job that I think he's possibly could do. 
18 was a stretch. I think like you guys that, you know, he was forced to pick players that he really to try to win and rebuild. You can't do that at, at the same time. But the progress is being shown. Got the right coach. Got the right coaching staff, which I think is even bigger, a bigger issue than the coach. The coaching staff came in and became teachers. These young kids learned so much. And I just think it's going to keep going. And I, I, I just see the future of this team. Next year, it's going to be division win. Figured 10 to 11 games winning, maybe 12. You never know. I just feel that this team is, is going in the right direction. And Barkley coming back and getting a receiver to help Daniel Jones. Because Daniel Jones has all the tools and everything to make up to be a good quarterback. That game against the Ravens, he took a beating. Stood there and made some tough throws. And nobody gives him enough credit for that. Ralph, I will say this, you know, there's so much frustration over the last decade or so that the Giants have had so many disappointing seasons that that winds up compiling year after year. And then because of the way that that has lasted, people then throw that extra burden on Dave Gettleman. He, he in, in my opinion, it's very simple. There are, there are polarizing people everywhere in this country and in this world. Okay, everybody wants to take one side and say, that's it. It's clear cut. I'm right. You're wrong. And they will just, you know, throw flaming darts at you all day because they they are so angry and so frustrated. So if you don't like Dave Gettleman and don't like the job he's doing, nothing's going to convince you otherwise. Okay, no matter how wrong you are. Okay, and I'm falling into that trap right now. But if you look at the evidence, there is no question that at worst, at worst, it's been a so-so tenure and he deserves the opportunity to continue. That's at worst. To me, there is not nearly enough logical evidence to weigh the scale against him. But because there are so many people who are frustrated and are compounding the losses of the previous regime onto his shoulders, they're unfairly trying to slam him and punish him for some of those other failures. So the people who are anti-Dave Gettleman, don't bother calling me because I'm not going to be able to change your mind. You're going to hate and you're going to be miserable and you're going to scream and, and rant and rave as much as you want. Guess what? I'm not going to tolerate it and there's no point in it because uh, it's not going to do you any good. And, and so, Ralph, on the same boat, Paulie. there you go, Ralph, and, and, that, and that's it. And it's really that simple. This guy has a track record. He has a resume. He deserves respect, and the Giants are moving forward with him. So you One either like it, like it and move forward or just, just turn your back and forget about it. Go One ahead. One more question for you, Paulie. I'm sorry, and Jeff, you know I love you, but this is for Paulie. Do you think <laughs> we should look into restructuring Zeitlitz, uh uh, contract because I think we can't afford to lose this guy. I mean, I'm being honest. I think with a with with a preseason in the, in the OTAs, I think Zeitler next year is really the catalyst of that right side, and we need to keep him. I'm not sold on Lemieux. I'm really not. I think Will and Hernandez and Lemieux fight it out for the left guard spot. Pick up another guard in the draft just to be a backup, just to, you know, just to, just in case. Because Zeitler, I think gets overlooked a lot in this line. And I think his steadiness and his and, and his veteran, just being a veteran on that line next to Nick Gates really improved Nick Gates' game. Well, here's the issue with Zeidler, and it's kind of along the same philosophies you have with Evan Ingram. Despite Ingram's inconsistencies, from a business and economic perspective, 
you can find a lot more sound reasons to keep him. With Zeitler, you could find some sound, logical reasons not to. And it, it's not necessarily – this is why I'm so – I'm so much against the way the business is structured in the league since the 93 salary cap situation came in because you can't make decisions now strictly based on the performance and the health and the age of the players. You have to take into account, even more so than any other factor, the guy's contract status and how much he's making. And that forces GMs and coaches' hands not to put their best foot forward because they've got to make these business decisions which sabotage the pure football aspect of the game. And Zeitler Zeitler has a high cap number. And there's no question, if the Giants need cap room, that is a place where they're going to have to look at. It doesn't mean they're going to do it, but they're going to have to consider guys who are making – you know, $10 million plus on the cap. Those guys are going to yeah. have to be talked about. And you don't have a choice because the business of the league forces you to. Yeah. All right, guys, man. Thank you, guys. I Thank love you, what Ralph. you guys are doing, Welcome. man. You guys make, you make giant fans sing. <laughs> Thank I, you, Ralph. I, I think you guys. Right. Be well. Jeff, let me ask you about this. And, and you, you understand because, you know, you've been around a long time and, and player rep and everything else. Look, I get the business structure that this league has, has been in since 93. I understand it. I know what they're doing. I know what they tried to do. I know they've accomplished a lot of what they wanted. But as a player, you know, you know that your roster and your locker room full of teammates is not always going to be the guys that there are supposed to be there because business decisions have forced the hands of the GM and the hands of the coaches. And to me, if I know that I've got, like, like for example, the Giants' defensive line, you've got Tomlinson and you've got Williams. This is a beautiful thing to watch this defensive line grow. And if one of these two guys can't come back because of these economic rules that have been in place for so long, that stinks. Mm-hmm. It really does. Because as a football player, you want to grow with your teammates. And you want to... Earn the fruits of your labor with your teammates. And I just think it it rots that you have to rip the guts out of a unit or of a team because of of the the cap and free agency rules. Well, it's difficult. Um, You know, as much as you as a player, you want some continuity and stay with the same team and, you know, like it was years and years ago. But, you know, Paul, ultimately – just like any business, your prerogative is to try to get into a business where, one, you enjoy what you do, you get paid a lot of money to do it, but you also want to want to make the most money you can at what you're doing. And unfortunately, the way the league is set up, not everybody's able to, to do that, and, and the teams have to have to break up. And, you know, then I, I always said to myself when I was going through this whole thing when I was playing – um, you know, and, and I didn't make a lot of money at the beginning. I made a lot of money at the end. So when you're at the end, you got to continue to play better to make that type of money. So earn your contract. You know, don't give them a reason to get rid of you. Um, if you're good, then they'll continue to pay you. But sometimes, you know, unfortunately, the economics of the and I think it's going to I think this is going to happen this year with the Giants because of the salary cap being unknown and whatever number it is that you got a lot of really good guys you want to keep. But you're going to have to prioritize. And, 
unfortunately, I, I do see your I, I, I see your your anger at this. And it's just it's just the nature of the beast. It's the way it is these days. And, and it just puts so much more pressure on guys like Dave Gettleman to be able to, to have to sign these guys and, and keep building your team through younger, younger players and hoping that they develop at a price that you can afford them. You know, so yeah, but then you develop those guys only to see them run out the door I, because I some clown but, gives know, them a break drop. But part of part of your success as a general manager, in my opinion, is you know that you can't keep all of your players that you draft and you bring in, right? So mm-hmm. I guess a pat on my own back would be: listen, if I got my other guys are going out and getting these huge contracts, it, that means that they played well for me. They did, and so I got to get the best out of them when they're here. And that's all I can worry about, you know, and it's a it's a year to year league. And, you know, now you got to look at next year going on. But from a general excuse me, from a general manager's perspective, I've got to get the best out of the guys that are here. I got to get the best out of my draft picks. And I say build through the draft, and I mean this because that's economically the way you have to do it these days. Oh, there's no doubt. You have so, to. You have to. And, you know, and I think that we all know that the draft is not about need. It's more free agency is about need. You go and you build through the draft because economics will help you develop these guys. And then all of a sudden, maybe those needs that you had are fulfilled through the draft. But you're not you're not drafting because of the need. I know you I know you know what I'm talking about. Sure. So I think it's a very, very difficult situation to be in. And all of these general managers are up against the clock. They're up against the fans that want immediate, immediate success. And I think when you look at Dave Gettleman and the way he spoke yesterday about 2018, go back. I did this morning. Go back and look at 2018 draft. Go look. And the biggest one is look at the free agents that were signed that year. I'm not so sure he was talking about the draft as much as the free agents money that he spent that year. Because there is a lot of people on that free agent list that you look at. You're like, what did he do? Oh, my God. What did he do? Oh, wow. Wow. Michael Thomas was probably the one guy that really did well. Right. Um, but man, oh man! I mean, no, other, other than that, that that's the biggest blemish. When you look at Dave Gettleman's uh, resume with the Giants over this three-plus year span, the biggest blemish are the the veterans that were brought in. That's right. Uh, in that first year, that that's the that's the blemish. That's the bruise. The rest of it is either good or really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, the draft class in eighteen was Barclay Hernandez. Okay, Lorenzo Carter, B.J. Hill, um, and then your fourth rounder in Lilata, who just never didn't play a snap, and then R.J. McIntosh, who basically has played 18 games for you, fifth round draft pick, um, but you know, and, and he's a perennial inactive guy. So, but then when you go to the other side of the ledger and look at the Kareem Martins and the Patrick Omame, Curtis yeah. Riley, you got Connor Barwin, Jonathan Stewart. I mean, the list goes on. So. Antoine Buffet. Yeah, exactly. So no, you know, look, there, there's no question. There's no question. I I get that, but again, that's the bin that 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 bruises his track record here. Mm-hmm. The rest of the rest of it is good. At the very least, it's good, if not very good. Not to mention, okay, he traded for Riley Dixon. He made the trade with the in the Beckham deal to get Lawrence and and Peppers. Look, I I don't need to go through the rest of this. Oh, I'm Zyler. a guy who and Zyler's in there make, too, right? I'm, yeah. Well, that was the Vernon deal, which was part of the oh, part of the okay. part of sure. the Beckham deal. Yep. Bottom line is, if you really weigh this objectively, the positives 
on that side of the scale for Dave Gettleman clearly outweigh the negatives. And that's that's fact. Anybody who cannot see that it does not have clear vision and has got their eyes closed. Now, does that mean that the bruises don't frustrate you and get you disgusted and annoyed and aggravated? Sure, I understand that. But the positives outweigh the negatives. That's a fact. I don't need to preach that to you. If you could just look it up, you'd see it. But, you know, again, a lot of people are also swayed by stuff that they read, and that's that's another whole problem entirely. Well, well real quickly, and we'll get back to the phone, but, I, you know, when you look at what you just said, okay, and I look at the Giants, and I ask you this question, well, what is missing? What is missing? And immediately when you talk about offense and defense, okay, you talk about offensively what's missing? Scoring, okay, production, big players. Big playmakers, right? That's what's mm-hmm. missing. Well, Barkley was out of your lineup this whole year, missing a huge playmaker. Oh, 2,000 so, yards, gone. So you're, you're missing that component. So what do you, you still want to pile on here. You want to go get some other playmakers. Defensively, what is missing? Well, you've got, you've got probably experience is what's missing. You've got some good players there, but you're, most of your roster is young and in developing, so, which is very exciting going into 2021. What do you need on that side of the football? You need depth. You need a cornerback. You need a pass rusher. That's not a lot, but it's. I mean, it's. It's. it's they're. They're very. In, they're very good positions. But rather than I tell you, you need seven or eight things, and you're only down to two. You got your defensive coordinator back, by the way. I think is 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 so important. Yep. So important. And by the way, I think Patrick Graham. I mean, what a smart guy. I mean, he's literally smart, but, I mean, what a smart move for him. I, I feel like, in my opinion, that, that he's kind of one of those coordinators that still has to prove himself a little bit more until, he, you know, I got a good defense, but I want to be a number one defense, and then I'll have a chance to get a job somewhere really good. I think that's kind of just in my opinion. And I think it's great for the Giants to have him back, and I think that the players really enjoy him. And, you, you know, Martinez, you could tell the way he was talking about him, wanting him back, and that's just such a good thing. So, you know, bottom line is, is that – What's missing with this team? It's offense. Offense is what's missing. you got to get some scoring going on here and get some playmakers. You're going to get them. We're going to fix this thing, Dave said and, yesterday. And just We're going to fix this thing. It always starts in the trenches, and they've built the <clears throat> trenches now. Mm-hmm. Now they've got an offensive and defensive line that they're happy with. I hope they can keep the defensive line intact. We know the offensive line is pretty much going to be intact. Again, outside of Zeitler's economic numbers, I'm not sure that there's going to be any other moves there. I think anything they'll supplement if they have to. But what you have to do and what you get paid for and what your job is from this standpoint is that if you can't keep them, you got to find them. That's that's what you got to do. You got to go out and search and find and find the replacement for Tomlinson if he leaves or any of these guys or Leonard. You got to find them. They're there. Okay, you're just going to have to go find them. And it might be difficult this year from what we talked about earlier in the show. You know, just the way things are. But it's your job from the organizational standpoint to be able, when you have guys leave, you've got you to you replenish them. Now, they may not be as good at first, but you've got to be able to say to yourself, I like this guy and stick with him, and maybe in a year from now he's going to be, you know, equal to what the guy that just left here. Big Blue Kickoff Live is brought to you by the New York Lottery. Introducing Money Dots, a new game from the New York Lottery where you play for your chance to win money on the dot. Please play responsibly. And we go back to the phone lines, and it's Mark from Jersey City. You're on uh, Big Blue Kickoff Live. Hello. Hello, Mark. Uh, hello. Hello, Paul. How you doing, Jeff? Nice to Hi. talk to you. Good. Um, back to 
was uh, Judge's comments the other day in regards to Philadelphia. Sorry to go back to that. It was just funny the amount of even the blue check marks. The blue check marks on Twitter, and everybody seems to live their life, especially in sports. They live their life on Twitter. They get their opinions from Twitter. They Sad, echo isn't it? From Twitter, they retweet. The amount of blue check marks who ran with the "Win more games, bro. Take care of your own business." Punch out of that was like. Where's the context? Where's the perspective? He said that they should have won more games. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Correct. All he and by the way, when, when he philosophically talked about how he would never have his teams give anything less than 60 minutes to try to win, he said that as a matter of his own philosophy. He never once mentioned Peterson, never once mentioned the Philadelphia Eagles. He simply said, that, that's a philosophy that I could never do as head coach of the New York Giants. Classy yeah. way, respectful way to say it, and anybody who criticized Judge is out of line as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, and even the, the reporter asked him if he had called the Philadelphia yeah. final office. Like, Laughable question. What? I mean, why would he have done that? I know, that? I know. Like but see, this is, no unfortunately, this is the stuff that you're forced to read. Because the, these are the questions that these people ask, and these are the things that these people write. And when you have, you know, what, what, what do they say? You put a lot of garbage into the trash compactor, a lot of garbage comes out. What are you going to do? It happens. You just, you just got to try to be discerning about it and understand where the garbage is. Yeah, it's unfortunate, but it's unfortunately the, these, the fans, the, they just take it and they run with it as fact. It's like – and. Take two seconds, go click on Giants.com. I'm not even a Giants fan, but I did that. And you'll see what he said, and it's very simple. Or read the, uh, the transcript. Also, Giants fans, you know, the, you know, your whipping boy, Evan Ingram. Tight ends is a weird position. I mean, Darren Waller, I know he had his issues off the field, but that guy didn't develop until he was 27. Robert Tanyan came out of nowhere at 26. And I know he has Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Parker around him, but tight end is weird. Gasecki didn't come on until late last year. Now he's unstoppable. Um, the tight end is a really weird position because I know they have to understand the blocking, um, the blocking scheme, the protections, and then they have to know the route concepts in there. So it's like it's I think it's the second hardest position other than quarterback to learn on offense. So, and I remember when the Bills played them last year. I remember on their radio, on their programs, they talked about the first order business was stopping Saquon, second was Ingram. So that should tell you something. And they had a very good defense. Well, he, he obviously gains a lot of respect around the league because that's how he made it to the Pro Bowl. You know, he didn't get there by fan vote, and I'm not being funny, but he didn't. He got there because of the internal NFL vote, which was done by the players and the coaches. They, they look at him, and they see his potential and his talent, and he's a matchup problem. And I, I suppose, you know, they're not either privy to or don't care about his inconsistencies. But his production has not lived up to his potential. There's no way to slice that. No, there. I mean, it's 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 hard. It's easy to say he was drafted by another regime. He's had drops in key spots, so he's easy to pile on. But rookie quarterback throwing the ball. I mean, not the highest level of guys outside of you. I mean, if you look at the, the receivers, you know they have tight ends. They have a guy opposite them, like Devontae Parker in Miami. Um, Kelsey has Hill and all these guys. Uh, Devont, you know, Devontae Adams. I'm sorry, and um, in Green Bay, they have, you know, they have somebody else to just take away from. For me, I don't really fear the Giants' perimeter players as much as I do 
Ingram slicing me down the seam or splitting out and getting, you know, you know, one-on-one with a smaller corner. Yeah. So it's, 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 it's weird, but I'll echo it again for you before I get off. Alan Robinson, go get that guy. He's perfect. <laughs> I mean, it costs you some money, but he's perfect. And, oh, I believe your two defensive tackles, I believe you're going to have to pick one. It, it's either going to be Williams or Tomlinson. I don't think you're going to be able to afford both because look at the DJ Reader contract and the Jordan Phillips contract last year. Those guys got a lot of money. And Jordan yeah. Phillips was much like Williams, a one-year wonder. So you've got to be careful with guys like that. Have a great day. Thank you. you. Thank you. The New York Giants and Quest Diagnostics want our fans to come back stronger than ever. Now you can order your own lab tests through Quest Direct to get the health answers you need most. Jeff, uh, you know, I I appreciate the phone call, and that's probably the most positive phone call Evan Ingram has had on this show in a long time. But, you know, ultimately, unless you've got an answer to replace a 60-catch tight end, and for significantly less money, I don't know that you, you could even think about moving on from him. No, that's why you're not. <laughs> you're not going to. You, you, you picked up the option, um, and like I said, economically it makes sense to keep him around here. Unless somebody comes to you and wants to give you a, a high draft pick for him and, and you've got a ultimate an, uh, a plan to replace him, whether you're going to go in the draft and you know get yourself a second or third rounder, or something like that, you know. But listen, I, I think that every team in the National Football League is going to this type of hybrid uh, tight end. And so you've got everything you need in, in Evan Ingram other than the, the consistency. And I think, that unfortunately, consistency is part of the equation. <laughs> yeah, uh, it is. And so if you, if you don't have that, how much longer are you going to still in, you know, be in the math lab trying to figure out the equation? It's not going to work. <laughs> I'm just going to tell you. So I, eventually you're going to have to give up on this guy. And, it's in, and to me, um, when I mean give up on the guy, meaning that I, I want to give him as many chances as I can to, to basically to go out there and do the things that I drafted him to do. And that's just to be consistent. We don't have any problem with anything else he does. His work ethic is wonderful. He's great in the locker room. Okay? He was very durable this year. Okay? Yeah. For the first time. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, what was that? And, and obviously that just doesn't come from nothing, folks. That's something you look at and you improve on. And I don't know what it was, but he did it. Okay, and so was it the way that he worked out? Was it the way that he run, ran in the offseason? Is it diet? Is it, is it, I don't know what it is, but it worked. Coming so off at least, of foot surgery, I might add, too. And you know what? you got to give him a lot of kudos for that. Sure. And, and so I think now it's just, I mean, I wish, you, I wish we had somebody that just understands what's going on with him. Uh, is it his eyes? Is, I don't know, Paul. I mean, uh, you see sometimes the way he drops these passes and it's, he's like jumping at the football, whether he's not seeing it correctly or, you know, the ball's hitting him in the face mask. I mean, this isn't things that just happen all the time. And, oh, I know. And, I, and I'm, I'm sure that, you know, the, the tight end coach, uh, Freddie Kitchens, is probably scratching his head too. So hopefully he can figure it out because he is a talent and we all know that. And yep. we kind of get tired of talking about it, but – um, this guy can be a real threat in the game. And when you say that he's respected around the league, he is because of what he can do and his potential because you certainly don't want to just let him go one game and be that guy. Oh, my God, he hasn't done anything. And all of a sudden now we don't cover him and he has 200 yards receiving. <laughs> you know, you're not going to be that guy. I know. All right, back to the phones. Peter Let's go. from the Florida Keys. You're next on BBKL. Hello. Hey, guys. How you doing today? Great. Wonderful. How are you? Excellent, excellent. So, 
Unfortunately, I wasn't able to listen to the entire show. You guys had some really good points, but me calling in, I'm not able to listen while I'm calling in. So if I ask a question or make a comment, I apologize in advance. It's okay. Sure, no problem. Cool. Just the way we so are. So the first thing, cool. Um, the first thing that you guys are talking about that I wanted to make a comment about was when you delve into the whole capping situation, and you can't really have the powerhouses of the you know, the Steelers or the Cowboys or the 49ers from back in the heyday. Um, I guess what, what I want to say is um, it's amazing how the Patriots, through all of that, had won so many championships. Yep. It's pretty spectacular how they have to deal with that. And shoot, six Super Bowls in that time span, it's, it's spectacular how, how they kind of keep doing that year over year. Truly amazing. And, but, again, a yeah. big part of that is that they had an elite, if not the greatest quarterback of all time, who was willing to work under the constraints of the salary cap. True. Exactly. Remember that. That is a big deal, which is why, you know, I, I, I don't know. I, I, we may never see, truthfully, this may never happen. The way quarterback salaries are dilated and going up quicker yep. than any other position we may never see a quarterback who's not on a rookie contract win a Super Bowl. The dilation yeah, is no. just ridiculous. Good. Dallas Absolutely. wants to pay Prescott $35 million a year. Good. Good. It's they insane. won't make the playoffs for another 25 years. That's fine. Insane. <laughs> I yeah. got no problem with that. Um, yeah, no, certainly, certainly true. Um, the, other, the other question or the other uh, comment I just wanted to make, Paul, I was listening to you, listening to you about the whole Gettleman thing, and um, – most of the time, I agree with you. A lot of the points you just made is, is right on point from what, how I think as well. I think they do have to keep a lot of these key players in place. I think that they do have to pay this defensive line because let's get, let's get it right. You know, they're one of the most solid um, groups that we have on the team. And yeah. I think if you break up Leo and um, our other uh, Tomlinson, yeah, I think the, the secondary is going to be hurt because they're going to be having to cover more, you know? So I think it's like a, a give and take back and forth. Yeah. I they finally uh, got this defense right, and then the salary cap threatens yeah. to rip it apart. It's, it, it's, it's, oh, it's so backwards. No, Go it's ahead. So, certainly valid. But I guess my, one of the things that I wanted to ask or talk to you about was, granted, we did identify those 2018 misses in free agency, and you had mentioned about, you know, Gettleman has done good, if not great, if you strip that away. But a lot of fans, I guess, they don't delve as deep. What they're looking at is 15 wins in three years. You're right. And that's really, you know, I, I get that I, the arrow is certainly pointing up. I get it. I agree. But, you know, 15 wins in three years, five game, five-win average in three years, that's not good, man. That's not no, good. Like, no, no, you're know, right. And, 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 you're, and that's, that's what happens. Fair, you know? No, no, and and it's fair to be frustrated, but I think it's 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 a it's a an accumulation of frustration over the previous decade, and I really think that that's what builds up and makes people boil over, and they're taking it out unfairly on him. I mean, if the Giants, it, let's just say for argument's sake that the previous administration had gone to the playoffs in five out of six years, and that GM had just decided to retire on his own, okay. And then they had the one bad year, and Gettleman came in and was now starting to retool. I don't think the fire from some of the, the people shooting venom at Gettleman would be nearly as hot. 
but it's because of the previous decade of frustration that they're piling on him unfairly. And you specifically, see? the bad draft picks from Reese, from the de- lack of depth. Well, there you the, go. Okay, you know, so now you're being that fair. Is, that is valid. Now you're being oh, fair. I think, always, I think I've always been fair. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying you. <laughs> there are a lot of people who aren't, especially people who have laptop computers and, and uh, you know, type, type words out for other people to read. Those, those no, are mostly the people who aren't so fair. It also it's goes valid. to show you. It also goes to show you how important, how important it is that when you develop a strategy in the off season of what you're going to do, starting with free agency, that you better do it right, or it's going to be detrimental to your ball club for years to come. And when you look at 18, and then what happened in 19, and now into 20, that yep. this team is still is still looking back at 18 because it's affecting them even in 2020. So you have to be yeah. very careful because those guys, most of those free agents that I that are on that list are gone. But the cap, the money's still, a lot of it's dead money. I think they'll get a little bit healthier in dead money situations going into the 21 season. But that's why it's so imperative that you're very careful how you spend your money and how you draft players. Because if you don't do it right, it's going to affect you for years to come. And they always say about the quarterback position, how many years it's going to take you to get, was it five years if you, you know, you all of a sudden you don't get the right guy? Well, my God, yeah. imagine if the Giants had Haskins. Man, we would have been set back for the next five years. And isn't it funny because so many of the people who have who thrown flaming darts at Gellerman insisted that he take Dwayne Haskins. How'd that work out for Washington? Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. I'd like to make one more comment, but I'll take it off the air. Go ahead. Um, the, the, the basis of the whole uh, Engram conversation that we talked about, mm-hmm. I really think that you know he's got all the talent in the world. We're waiting for this guy to be consistent, as you know, Jeff, you mm-hmm. had alluded to there. But I think 100% the problem is between his ears. You know, I think he, yeah. he, he mentally he's just not there. You know, yeah. some people could play above the X's and O's. He just he's not there. And I'm, to be honest, I'm glad that they picked up his option because I was wondering if they were going to cut him, not cut him. But based on the cap and his potential, I think it's solid. I would absolutely love for them to trade him for capital for draft picks, because I'm done with them. Four years, every year we're saying that, oh, he's got the potential, he's got four free mm-hmm. speed. You know, it's just, at yeah. some point you gotta you got to trade him away, and you're going to get a steal if a guy sees his potential from another team. They say, hey, he's got four free speed. We can change this guy. We can make him productive. We can make him consistent. And guess what? Maybe we can get a third or fourth round pick for him. Well, the, prob- guys, the, so the problem is thank with, you. With, trading, Sorry, yep. with trading players is that, and I'm, I'm just really, when you think about it, there's a little bit of a unknown when you do that because <laughs> there's always that chance that that guy's going to go to another team and light it up, right? And then you're like, mm, man, what, what did we do? We knew he had all the potential in the world. We knew, we just said, what happened here? And then all of a sudden, you know, then the fans are like, how could you trade him? Look what he did. He went to the Pro Bowl. He has the most catches in NFL history or something like that, you know. So a lot of times they're afraid to do that unless you get something for him that's going to be more than you thought you would. Then you can kind of, you know, ease the pain a little bit if he does have a good year. I want him to come back and just concentrate. I think the caller is correct. It's between his ears. It's mental. And trust me, this game is mental. It's a lot mental, more than people can think about. I'm telling you, it is, it's, such a, it's such a part of this game that people have to learn how to develop, Paul. Jeff, that's why I could never play it. 
But I will tell you, after playing as many years as I did, I tell you, you know, not until my eighth or ninth year in the NFL is when I figured that, you know, I can I can only go so far with my physical abilities in this game. And in order for me to continue my career, I've got to get better mentally. And so it took me that long. And so I'm just telling you, it's 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 a lot. It's more difficult than people think, especially at those positions. You know, like the tight end. It, it is a very difficult position because you have to, you do have to understand the receiving component of it and the blocking side of it. I mean, the, receive, the, the tight end moves around more than anybody. You know, they're everywhere. Big Blue Kickoff Live is brought to you by the New York Lottery. Introducing Money Dots, a new game from the New York Lottery where you play for your chance to win money on the dot. Please play responsibly. Back to the phones and Scott from New Mexico. Hello, Scott. Hi, guys. How are you doing today? Good. All right. How are you doing? Uh, I wanted to talk about uh, two things that not a lot of people are talking about, and that's how good is this offensive line, and are there changes that have to be made? I'm not talking about the Zeitler situation because he graded out as the best offensive lineman, but I'm talking about the other guys because uh, when you dig under the under the covers a little bit, uh, Lemieux didn't grade out very well, although he looked good. Uh, Gates did. Uh, uh, Zeitler was your best, had your best PFF grade. Uh, but Andrew Thomas, as we all know, allowed 10 sacks. Fleming had, I think, led or was very close to leading the league in the most penalties. So do they really need to really format that offensive line to make it a little bit better? Because you start a great offense, as everybody knows, with a good offensive line. And that's going to give Daniel Jones protection if they get some talent, more talent, like you know, we were, uh, the callers were talking about wide receiver, et cetera. Maybe another tight end, a bigger tight end to complement uh, Evan Ingram. You need to still have the good offensive line, and they didn't grade out as well as they looked when we were watching them, or at least when I was watching them. So one of the questions I have is, do they need to reformat the offensive line to make it fit a little bit better and give them necessary, I guess, impetus to become a good, a really great offensive line. And I was wondering what you thought of the players and whether they need to retool a little bit. Jeff, I want you to well, answer this, but Scott, I want to give you facts instead of analytics mumbo-jumbo, okay? Okay. Cam Fleming had six penalties against him this year. There were seven tackles who had more penalties than he did. So okay. he did not lead offensive linemen, and I'm not even looking at centers and guards right now. I'm strictly right. looking at ta- tackles, and there were seven already who were ahead of him. So that okay. that's some kind of – I don't know where that analytical mumbo-jumbo came from, but it's wrong. Well, PFF had them graded a certain way, and I was going uh, on. You know, and you know how I feel I, about I'm, those I'm not, things. Uh, I'm not saying they didn't look good on, on the field. I'm just saying what the actuality was. Well, the actuality is six numbers. penalties, okay? okay, six, and there were seven tackles alone, tackles who had more penalties than he did. All right, right. so that, that's number one. Number, number two, uh, when you talk about Andrew Thomas, you have to talk about he had two seasons in one. Correct. He obviously had his first month and a half where he was not anything like the player he was in the final two months of the season. And as a rookie, you have to give him that leeway to say, okay, you know what? By the time you got to November, December, you were certainly a different player because as Correct. long as you see that the arrow is up, you have to consider that more than you do, oh, well, look at his overall you know, analytical season numbers, which is what these people do. I, I feel okay. bad, Scott, because people like yourself, you care, but then you get fed this, this stuff, 
and it's like, oh. Well, we you know? also allowed 10 sacks, which is not great for an offensive lineman. No, so, no, no. Yeah, well, well, you know what? That's interesting. I'm going to let Jeff answer here, and I'm going to go back because I got my charts and okay. my tape study, so, and I'll tell you exactly how many sacks he gave up. Go ahead, right. Jeff. Scott, well, first of all, I, th- I think I get what you're coming from, but I also I think we need to understand that, you know, at some point in time, we're going to have to, to, you know, take a little leap of faith here and understand that maybe these guys are going to get better. Because okay. they, they get more experience. And, and here's the thing. When you look at Hernandez and Lemieux, okay, right. Hernandez was a second-round pick in 2018. You know, he's right. still on his rookie contract. He got, basically got beat out by a rookie this year, right? right. I mean, so what are they going to do with him? My, my, my answer to your question is I feel that the Giants believe that they have the nucleus of a good offensive line. But in my opinion, I don't think you can ever have enough depth at the offensive line position, as long as I think that's a great it. point. Right. So, so, do you think the Giants will draft an offensive lineman in this year's upcoming draft? I do. Uh, I do. Okay. Yeah. I, I don't agree. think it's going to be high. That. I don't think it's going to be high. I think it's going to be because of what I just said. You can't have enough depth, and you when you draft a guy in the fourth round, fifth round. That guy's never going to start for you right away. Right. So you want to try to bring him in while you're actually building your offensive line. And then maybe by the time Zeitler leaves or one of those other guys becomes a free agent, the guy that you drafted in that fourth or fifth round that you've developed the last two years, now is a third year. He's going to come in in his third year or maybe second to start. So right. that's, you're always trying to complement your team with better depth. And I think the offensive line is definitely where you have to go there. Scott, okay. I'd like to My, see them go sure. with Parrott at right tackle, Thomas at left tackle, and I'd like to see them try to bring Fleming back as the swing tackle. So okay. we got to be Solder going to – we don't know about Nate Solder I, yet I, either. I, I'm anticipating that Solder may not come back. Yeah, but what if he does? I well, mean, right if he now, does, if he does, that's also going to be a significant blow to your cap. I don't know that you can afford to bring him back. To be frank with you, business-wise, that's another question entirely. I, I, yeah. I would tend to think I, I would take I would try to get an inside lineman, an interior lineman, okay. to enhance my depth there behind the center and the two guards. By the okay. way, Thomas over his last nine games, I had him for ten sacks as well. Over the last nine games, two and a half. Right. He gave so up two to Reddick in the right. Arizona game, and he gave up a half to Miles Garrett in the Cleveland game. Two okay. and a half over the last nine games. I can't cry about that. Right. Let me get to my last question because I know you're short on time. Uh, I'm concerned, uh, especially with Daniel Jones running and so forth, of whether injuries are going to be another issue for him. So I'm looking at, and I'll take this question off the air, do the Giants, can the Giants rely on Colt McCoy, or do you think they have to search out either in free agency or, or in the draft itself because, uh, to get a better quarterback? Because I just don't think Colt McCoy is the answer as a backup quarterback, and I wanted to get your opinion on that and where they might ser- or seek out another uh, quarterback. And thanks, guys. Uh, Be well, Scott. Thank you. Off the air. Boy, it's a good question. I mean, I, I guess the first question I would ask is, what are you looking for in a backup position? Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, are you looking for a guy to throw for 400 yards and five touchdowns? <laughs> you know, I mean, your backup quarterback has got to be somebody that's going to, number one, can get you through a game you have confidence in. And number two, you're going to have to play a couple games like Colt McCoy did. And do you have confidence in him winning those? And I think the Giants did with Colt McCoy. Um, but he's a perennial backup quarterback. 
So what do you do? Do you, do you draft another quarterback, Paul, and develop him under Daniel Jones and, you know, so that they're the same prototype, if you will? It's an interesting, interesting question. Usually and, and, when you have uh, – you want the quarterbacks to be of different age groups, usually. <clears throat> you know what I, I mean? Guess, yeah, I mean – You don't I, want yeah. them to be roughly in the same age group. So I think that, you know, for that reason – McCoy is probably he probably fits the bill. I I don't know that you're going to do a whole lot better, especially when you consider you're probably not going to want to devote a lot of money to the spot. Hmm. Right. I mean, you've got enough money problems at other positions. You don't want to be paying your backup too much if you don't have to. Yeah. But I I feel like you have to. But you need one. Well, for a veteran, you know, the philosophy that you're going with, I think you have to pay for a guy like that. You know, but I mean, if you're going to, I mean, look at the Rams. They, they don't, I don't think they have a, a, you know, an older veteran quarterback on their roster, you know? So, I mean, there's, there's ways to do it. I, I think it's, again, it comes down to the philosophy of the head coach and the offensive coordinator. I really believe that you like to have them very similar in nature of how they play. You know, you don't want a guy that run that runs the RPO and then the guy that has to sit in the pocket all day, you know, I mean, well, sometimes just, you have to without, without tampering, there are a bunch of veteran quarterbacks in this league who are going to be unrestricted free agents at the end of the season. Guys like Mike Glennon and Joe Flacco and Brian Hoyer and Brett Hundley and Nathan Your Perman normal group, right? Your and normal Bra- group Blake of guys. Bortles. Yeah. You know, yeah. those guys are going to be on the street unless something else happens with them before free agency opens. So, so those are the kinds of guys yeah, that I would you would be Cole shopping McCoy. for. I would take oh, well, but, okay, well, but, but, well, there you go, though. There you yeah. go, right? Yeah. I, I mean, would take him over those guys anyways. I, I okay. just don't – I mean, Blake Bortles? Please. Well, that, but, but that's the kind of, of shelf that you're looking at Yeah. if you well, were to move on. Well, in so. my opinion, I wouldn't pick any of those guys. I would go with the younger. I would go with the younger guy. I would go with somebody that's a, that comes from the same – you know, that's cut from the same cloth as Daniel Jones. You know, that, I, want, I want that similarity. I got my, you know, I, and, and we all have to be prepared because, you know what, as Giants fans, we were all so spoiled. And as a teammate, we're so spoiled for Eli Manning being in the in the pocket for as many years as he was and never missing games. I, I think you. that now the way that the game, this game is built is the way that this offense is run is that Daniel Jones is going to get hurt. It's just the nature of the beast. That's the way it is. It's the, how he plays the game and the position. So, you know, you hope not, but um, – you got to have a guy that can come in and do it, and um, I'm not I'm not opposed to having some you know young guy develop and 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 has you know good capability of coming in and finishing a game and winning a couple for you. All right, Jeff, appreciate it. We'll talk to you again soon. Are we done? Oh. We're done. See, thanks for listening goes, to today's too fast. A big blue kickoff live <laughs> Didn't presented even look by at New the York time. Lottery. Get out there and play. As a reminder, you can find the archive of this show and our entire podcast network brought to you by Investors Bank on the Giants mobile app and podcast platforms everywhere. Also at Giants.com slash podcast. For Jeff Eagles, I'm Paul Dottino. We'll see you next time.